Today we're going to talk about the importance of healthy relationships within the context of a church or a small group or a house church. We're in our church values series where we're talking about how we do what we do as a church and its core value number two. Here's how we articulate this one. We work hard at healthy relationships. That means we think the best of each other and we speak the truth in love. Yeah, maybe this is the experience that you've had in church or friends or family that have shared stories with you that sometimes the church can feel like the most unsafe place of all. People feel like outsiders. Maybe they feel judged. They just don't feel welcome. So we really feel like this is an important core value for any church or group to really be intentional about developing a culture of healthy relationships. So let's talk about three marks of a healthy relationship that we can pull from this passage, Romans 12, verses 9 through 10. That's where Paul says, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what's good, love each other with genuine affection, and take delight in honoring each other. Let's take that first part where it says, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. We think that this is speaking to the fact that healthy relationships are authentic Spiritual gifts in the church are worthless if we're not bought into Jesus's command to love one another. Yeah, there's two key words there that we don't pretend to love people and that we really love them. And so that's going to require authenticity, that it's going to be about embracing the good and the bad of a person and really loving them and wanting to see the best come out of them. Yeah, zoom out and look at Romans chapter 12 and you'll notice that in verses 4 through 8, Paul talks about spiritual gifts in the church. You know, the idea that everyone has a spiritual gift for the common good. And then in verses 9 through 21, he expands on that and gets really practical about how to love people in the context of the church. And if that sounds familiar, it's because he does the exact same thing in 1 Corinthians. Chapter 12, he talks about the spiritual gifts. And then in chapter 13, he sort of interrupts himself and talks about the importance, the primacy of love. He says in verse 2, If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but if I didn't love others, I would be nothing. We need to remember that the spiritual gifts are meant to edify the body, that each of us play our part in making our church community whole. So if I have the spiritual gift of discernment, and that's a great gift to have in the church body, but I don't really do that out of a heart of love, then I might just be a critical judgmental person who's just kind of evaluating people and pointing out everything that they do wrong, but I'm not doing it from a heart of love. So it's important to realize that your connections, your relationships in your church body are meant to edify and to build up, not to tear down. And then Paul goes on to say in the next part of the passage, hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is good. And here's what we take from that. Healthy relationships are imperfect, right? There's wrong and there's good. This means that we need to courageously confront what's bad and we need to affirm what's good in the context of those relationships. Yeah, and again, that speaks back to this idea of being authentic and really loving people. That if there's someone in your church community that's maybe being divisive or gossipy, that in love you would want to go to that person and say, hey, let's talk about that. That isn't the godly way to handle situations. In love, to want to help them. So we're not afraid to stand up for the things that are wrong. But we do it in a loving way. 
and in the context of, again, building up the body, that making your church community as healthy and strong as it can be, so you can take in more people from the outside who come in and can grow and learn from that environment of love that's authentic and real and not fake and divisive. Here's how Jesus said it to his disciples in Matthew 18. If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. And if the other person listens and confesses it, you've won that person back. And when Jesus talks about going privately and pointing out the offense, he's actually referring back to this passage in Leviticus chapter 19, where Moses said to confront people directly so that you won't be held guilty for their sin. Don't seek revenge or bear a grudge against a fellow Israelite, he said, but love your neighbor as yourself. And what's interesting is that part right there, love your neighbor as yourself, is something that Jesus quoted all the time as part of the greatest commandment. And this is where your culture will really be shaped. It's going to be healthy or unhealthy, hinging on what we call here that Matthew 18 protocol, that you train from your top of your leadership down that when somebody offends you or hurts your feelings, that we don't go to other people, we don't talk about people, we talk to people. So if someone's offended or hurt, that you go directly to that person privately and just share your heart in love, not in a spirit of meanness, but to just say, hey, that was hurtful to me. Because what happens in churches a lot is people go talk to other people. They're talking to people in their small group. Maybe they talk to another pastor or they're just talking to their friends and they never go to the person that actually hurt them. And that's what we have to recognize. That isn't a loving response. That's just division because you're not sharing that story for the benefit of the person that hurt you because that person doesn't even know they've hurt you yet. So this idea of going to people directly, being honest when you've been hurt by someone, that you go to the people or the person involved and not get gossipy and not talk about things that aren't meant for public display. And that leaves us with just this last part of this passage where Paul says to love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. And when Paul talks about genuine affection and taking delight, he's talking about this coming from the inside out, like you really want to do this. But see, we believe that this kind of healthy relationship is nurtured. Good relational skills aren't actually natural to anyone, but they can become second nature for those who walk by the Spirit. So in order to do this with genuine affection, the Holy Spirit is going to have to help every single one of us because it doesn't come natural to anyone. This is a good litmus test because I think unfortunately in a lot of churches, we don't handle conflict or relationships any different than the world around us. And that should not be true of us. You know, if the greatest commandment is to love God and to love people, then how we respond to people, especially when they've disappointed or hurt us, if we don't look any different than those in the world that don't have any care about what God's word has to say, then that's just disappointing. So it really is gonna take from the individual believer a constant daily nurturing and feeding our soul and that new, new creation that we are in Jesus and growing those fruits of the spirit that allow us then to become healthier people in relationships. And if we read further in Romans 12, we're going to see how this plays out. For example, in verse 15, we see empathy. That's where Paul says to be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. And in verse 16, humility, where Paul says, don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And then in verse 17, we see this idea of forgiveness, which is so important in relationships, where Paul says, never pay back evil with more evil. 
Forgiveness is such a key to healthy relationships in the church. And forgiveness, as we learn from Jesus himself, is a gift that he offered that we didn't ask for or even deserve. And so in our earthly relationships, to just remember that forgiveness is a gift. It's something that we choose to extend for the sake of that relationship, that we don't hold on to that grudge, that we don't stay resentful as hard as that is, that it's a choice that we make. Growing those fruits of the Spirit in our life every day allows us to be better at forgiveness. But if we can't forgive, then we are not going to be able to catalyze healthy relationships. So that's church value number two. We work hard at healthy relationships. Find this one along with all of our other church values in our series at pursuegod.org forward slash values.